We back. We back. I, I can't think of a time that we've kind of like flipped the rankings like so much. It's like, happened. But like it was almost like everything you loved. Like I'm like, oh really? That like I mean, it it was a different show. Uh how come this I thought I had this set here You thought you had it set, but you don't. In a world. In a world. <clears throat> oh look, I pulled up the description for Boolean but never got to look at it. Mm. Strong and zesty black current characteristics. That'd be interesting to look for. It is. With karate, I kick your ass. Get to Tiananmen Square. Oh yeah, motherfucker. I'm gonna kick your fucking dairy hair. Yeah, yeah. You broke the rules. Now I pull out all your pubic hair. You motherfucker. Alright, so a lot of shit happened. I posted a lot of shit to the Slack channel, and so did you this week, so let's let's run, let's do a rundown. Right. Jack Black or Tenacious Alright, so the first thing I posted was so I follow Snopes on Twitter, okay? Mm. And I thought it would be useful just to be like no, I do too, yeah. in the meme for like what people are talking about, like what's been proved or disproved. But they're so often like disproving like obvious shit. I'm, I'm, well, I mean, there's good things. That that's the. I mean, that's their goal. Yeah. It, it, it's it's not. Yeah. I mean, the facts for the obvious shit, right? I wish I had that handy when we had that whole Obama phone conversation yeah. in the carpool a couple right. weeks ago, yeah. right? Uh, so, like, you know, this is interesting. Where CNN posted a Trump tweet, but they took crooked out of crooked Hillary. Mm-hmm. They fixed it after they got called on it, but you know that's that's. Interesting. Well, well I, I think the reason why they did, I, I don't think it was, like I totally understand why they did that, which is because they didn't want to make it look like they were endorsing the word crooked, mm-hmm. but they wanted to report on the tweet. And, yeah. and then the, the interesting thing is, is that Twitter has become the method of the mass method of communication for at least for the Trump side of, of the campaign. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's, it's a very interesting media phenomenon. I mean, it really is. It, it's it's very distinct and different from, from the way things used I to love be. how the taco truck thing. I mean, it blew up, yeah. That blew up like crazy. Because <laughs> there, so, so there was a guy, a um, the best way I could describe it is it seemed like a sort of self-hating Mexican. Mm-hmm. Who is like my culture is very bad. If if we if we let more people in here, then there will be a taco truck in every corner, which was exactly the wrong way to phrase it because no one would dislike the idea of a taco <laughs> truck in every corner. In fact, there was <laughs> the memes that popped up. Yeah, on well, great. what was what was really funny is is when this was happening. Let me see if I can uh, pick out where it is. Uh, in my uh, responses, when this was happening, I, I have uh, a couple of feeds that I have on 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 TweetDeck, and one of them is some reporters who were, who were doing the campaign. And one of these guys, um, wait for this to load. Come on, buddy. Come on, internet. You can do it. It's loading. What is going? My Why internet's it... been a little messed up lately. I got. <sighs> I had to reset the router. The router. So, 
from like computers we couldn't get to the internet but the router could get the internet fine and like i could vpn into the router and not get to my computers it was not doing that right so i did a factory reset uh four days ago and it worked great for three days and then this morning like the internet was fucking fucking up again so i apologize greg that i don't have good internet for you well it's it's i mean it, it is i'll get it, it fixed for next week so there's this um this guy is uh, is is on the list that that I got. I'm not sure what his name is. Torre. I, I don't know what his. Uh, it's about me. I should be able to, to, to figure that out from the about me page. Um, he's a writer, TV host. Uh, trying to get his, what's your name, motherfucker? Uh, dude. He's just called Torre. He says. He doesn't even know his last name. Okay, so just Torre. All right. Anyway, his tweet was, um, okay, let's not normalize this man's insanely racist comment by making jokes about how more chocolate chunks would ultimately be a really good thing. And my response was, ridicule is a better weapon than outrage. I mean, you can be outraged about the thing, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's it's actually a better weapon to ridicule it and to say how awesome it would be because I saw I saw an article so you know Trump was at the black church in Detroit yesterday yeah. and I saw some articles like you know pastor gave a bigot access to his flock and stuff like that you know it's like well okay let, let me finish my thought though. okay the reason why ridicule is a better weapon than, than outrage is because outrage is there and it fades mm-hmm. but ridicule lasts and people remember the ridicule and that means that it sticks around and also it affects the cultural sort of list. I can turn my that up because I know you like this song. It's a, it's a great song. It's a fantastic song. Tribute. I just want to make sure people can hear it. Uh, so that was my point. And I got a couple of favorites in that. Cause, you know, mm-hmm. So people... I didn't get a response from him, but that was, I think, the, the point I was trying to make. I think it, it, it's it's true. Like the yes, the guy's comment was was awful and and racist and horrible. But attacking it from the ridicule perspective was much much more effective than how dare you. I think it's being like, yeah, I want a taco truck. I want to have tacos everywhere. Who doesn't want a taco truck in the industry? That's a more effective way because that really right. makes his whole thing just sound completely fucking ridiculous. So he meets, anyway, with, the, he meets with the president of Mexico. He, and oh, that three was, hours later, he's like, oh, they're going to fucking pay for that wall. They don't know yet, but you're going to pay for the wall. Well, apparently what happened was... They they did this meeting, so the, and, and it was like it, it was Trump just being fucking Trump, which is like here's what you get, guys, um, if you elect this dude. Anyway, he he went down there and and they had this thing where okay, we're not going to talk about the wall, and yeah, so we're not going to pay for it. He's like, all right, but we're not going to talk about it. And then they thought it went well, and they went back, and it actually it was being reported as going very well because it was like this guy looked presidential, mm-hmm. and then. The Mexican president tweeted, well, we're not paying for the wall, though. And then Trump got angry. He got baited by a tweet again and just went back. Oh, but we're going to fucking, we're going to fucking, fucking the fuck wall. And I was like, 
Okay, you he just ruined ever all the goodwill he got from like he had three or four hours of goodwill before he just trashed right. So now let's go to a black church. <laughs> yeah, well, th- that that is the silly thing because and have a Jewish prayer shawl put on your shoulder. Well, well, it's the whole black black Israelite thing that mm-hmm. that's um, that actually makes sense. Like, oh, that, that's okay. that's part of the 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 deal, but. The the black outreach is not for black people. I don't think it is. I think it's more right. to, to it's more for white people. Like, see, I can vote for this guy because he's not a bigot. Right. Yeah. This is just a tribute. So I saw this really cool story on the Atlantic. Did you see this one? Where the dude who uh, he was buying swag for Sanders and Trump. And selling it on his Amazon store. Mm-hmm. And he bought like $25,000 worth of merch from the two campaigns. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up selling it on his Amazon store for about a 300% markup. Because, it, what was the quote? The quote was, um, our market is to appeal to a very irrational customer, he said. Respectfully, you kind of get that out of the far left and yep. the far right. So... The stuff sold really well. Yeah. The thing was that there is the 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 swag that he purchased were campaign donations, and an individual can only uh, donate twenty seven hundred dollars, or um, yeah, I guess it was twenty seven hundred dollars to campaign campaigns. So now the Trump and Sanders campaigns have to reimburse, give him the money back. But there's like no real way to make him return the swag that he mm-hmm. sold. So not only did he make a 300% markup on 25 grand, but now he got most of the 25 grand back. Wow. It's one of those things where like, I, I know... The thing about Amazon Prime, right? Oh, I'll get it here in two days. I don't care if I'm paying 30 bucks or $10 mm-hmm. Make America Great Again hat. It's going to be here in two days. Yeah, even though you could probably get that same price if you just got the expedited shipping on the option <laughs> but Amazon Prime I'll just get the Prime version I mean you just click that button you're on Amazon Prime yep uh, I, I, I think it's interesting it's one of those things where somebody found a loophole that, that gets them uh, some money if you went into that being like man I wish I was that guy that's not that, that's not the right way to approach it because <laughs> if you keep trying to find fucking loopholes you're never going to find them forgot to talk about the pork fall beer. into them forgot what? to talk about the pork beer on the main show we can talk about that in another show yeah me too beer though I've been predicting yeah. it for a couple years now uh, FDA uh, orders a ban of antibacterial soaps about there's time. been no science that they've been effective yeah which is great hearing that the FDA is using you know science-based stuff like that and saying, "Hey, we cannot prove Greg's air guitar. We cannot prove that anti-back soaps are any better than regular soaps." And you're introducing something that, if it is antibacterial, it's causing problems with. Uh, Allowing them, allowing bacteria to superbugs. Yeah. See, the article didn't really go into superbugs. The article into went into that these chemicals are can actually like irritate people's skin more. You right. know, like so it's actually more harmful 
using anti-vax soap to some people than not. And there's no efficient effectiveness uh, increase. It, it reminds me to the FDA uh, got rid of those micro beads too. Right? Those are horrible. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Did they did they get rid of them? Yeah, they. they and, uh, oh, I didn't know that. You can't do them. Good. Yeah. You know, we're a Irish Spring family, or sometimes Dove, but and then like Irish Spring, all the soaps started coming with these micro beads and uh-huh. shit, and I'm like, fuck. And Heather's like, I can't get the old stuff. I yeah. can't get the stuff without the micro beads. And, you know, fish eat them, and then, guess what? You're eating plastic, you know, seven animals later, and... At some point, we'll evolve to... Digest plastic? Well, we'll have bacteria that will digest plastic. It won't be a problem. But it will take time for that, that to get through all the seven <laughs> species. I'm running through my rundown here. Um, so, we talked before about uh, the Olympics and Zika, right, in Brazil. Yes. And I thought it was fascinating that the WHO had predicted that at the Olympics, not just competitors, but competitors and attendees, 13 people would get Zika. Out of what? Hundreds of thousands of people? That seemed like practically zero. Mm -hmm. Well, guess how many people actually got Zika at the Olympics? Tell me. Zero. Zero people. So that was interesting. Craft beer porn. It's not porn so much. It's a wet t-shirt. It's a t-shirt. wet t-shirt. But yeah, I came across that. I'm like, oh. There's, there's a girl wearing a Star Wars anime Ray? type t-shirt. Ray, yeah, Ray anime. Ray anime. Holding some hop devil. And her nipples are kind of wet and showing. That other picture I tweeted. Um, that was on my Facebook. So... Uh, I guess Wells Fargo did these ads kind of disparaging the arts, like actors and, and plays and stuff, mm-hmm. where it's like, um, what was it? Uh, actor yesterday, botanist today, and, you know, like, you know, that kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the person who tweeted it on my Facebook was, uh, she said, I was hoping... This Wells Fargo ad was a Photoshop, as I'm a customer. Blah, blah. I went from music education to computer engineering. <laughs> so she's, she's the ad. Stereotypes yeah. exist for a reason, right? right yeah. And then she's like, but, I was, but I'm a huge proponent of the arts, and I don't like this message. But she is the message. Yeah, she is the message. By the way, regarding that, uh, the Star Wars, uh... Uh-huh. Oh, Wookiee. Yeah. She's very Wookiee. Big Wookiee nips. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> What's that from? That Dexter. Oh, right, okay. The first season of Dexter where they actually had dokes and he was a good character. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Ring about. I couldn't place it. That's great. It is one of my favorite sounds. I mean, it was, I remember that scene so much. Surprise, motherfucker. It's like, oh, damn. Yeah. Fucking dokes. <laughs> what are you doing, dokes? Let him kill the bad people. Yeah, but it, it turned into a shit show, so dokes was right all along. You're right. You're right. Well, that was my rundown. So, what else you got, man? Uh, let's see here. Uh, there was 
the Allison Pansy thing, which uh, we can go, we can watch that again. I, I, you, you were going to watch it, but you didn't. And I said it's I okay. was going to, but I didn't. I, I looked at your other thing. No, it's good. It's okay. It. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. Okay. You can watch it anytime. And it's not necessary to watch it. Although it is, it is very funny. Uh, but part, I think the visuals are part of it. So it, I don't know if it will go super over well. Um, but it's it, it's a the reason why it's uh, it's it's funny is it's just one of those like sports. It's it's a sports center parody. It's, it's from sports. The Onion Sports Dome, okay. uh, but it's about like a Make-A-Wish kid, okay, who has cancer, and her big thing was to she really wants to heckle David Wright from the Mets, okay, and actually, okay, let, let, let me just play because it, it, right. it is it is very Sounds funny, good. yeah. Well, we all have our problems, Marky. Yep. Some of us get cursed out by major leaguers. Some of us get cancer. Jay Woodworth is in the Wish Zone with a story about a little girl, courage, and the healing power of baseball. Little Allison Pensy is only eight years old, but she's the biggest Phillies fan in Philadelphia. Last year, when she was diagnosed with cancer, her parents worried she'd never have a chance to fulfill her lifelong dream. Heckling Mets third baseman David Wright. <laughs> Luckily, OSN heard her story and rushed Allison into the wish zone. There's a bunch of little pictures. Of yeah, there's a bunch yeah. of make-wish things so I can ask. There's a girl riding on the back of an Olympic swimmer. Take that off your shoulder, Trump. <laughs> Here in the Jeez. cancer ward at Philadelphia Children's Hospital, Allison never misses a Phillies game, especially if her favorite team is playing the New York Mets. <laughs> what do you hate the most about David Wright? <laughs> There's a Mets Dolphins head ripped off and the flux coming out. Just play, scumbag. Allison's parents say that sometimes they think her hatred of David Wright is the only thing that keeps this very sick little girl going. <laughs> oh, that's not right. Allison, do you like calling David Wright names? Yeah, he's human garbage. Well, what if I told you we're taking you to the Phillies game tomorrow so you can heckle David Wright in person? Really? <laughs> <laughs> we gave Allison seats in the third base side. Perfect position for screaming at David Wright. She got her chance at the top of the first inning. As the game went on, this sick Screw your mom, right? Because that's like so good. <laughs> what was it like being that close to David Wright? It was amazing. He was almost close enough to punch. As she watched David Wright struggle through an 0 for 3 performance for a brief couple of hours, <laughs> Alice wasn't a girl with cancer. She was just another baseball fan. <laughs> Allison was escorted out of the stadium by security for dumping a beer on Wright's head, but that didn't take anything away from this brave little girl's special day. Now, Allison is a patient again, forced to heckle David Wright from a hospital bed. But she'll never forget the day she was at the ballpark, screaming epithets at her least favorite third baseman. I hope he gets cancer like me. From the Wish Zone, I'm Jay Woodworth. Since that segment was recorded, little Allison booed so hard at a child wearing a Mets cap in her hospital wing that she collapsed her own lung and passed away. She was eight years old. We'll be right back. <laughs> so, 
when I was thinking, when I was watching this video, mm-hmm. I mean, the funny part's the funny part. Yeah. But I'm looking looking at the actress. Yeah. And like, like, she's real thin. Like, like, who do they get to play? But from the voice, I, she's probably more the old dwarf, right? I mean, I have no idea. I mean, uh, you don't know, but I mean, yeah. thinking about it, so she's probably much older. It's possible. You know, but like. Like, did they really get a sick girl? Because no, I don't think they got a sick girl. Yeah, I mean, she's but she's real thin. Yeah, no hair. You know, it. I was thinking about that, right? And then the voice, it it just kind of fits that primordial dwarf. Is that the right term? I don't know. I, I, I know I don't talk about, but I don't know the, the term. Yeah. I think that's a term. You know, it's not the ones with the short legs and arms. It's the ones which everything is smaller. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, this girl could have been an adult or close to an adult. But uh, that was funny. The funny was funny. Yeah. But, you know, I got thinking about the whole mechanics of producing the video. <laughs> I mean, it could have been just as simple as getting a young girl to shave her head to, for, for a But the voice show. was, the eight-year-old girl doesn't have a she could, chipmunk yeah. voice like that. Well, I mean, you, you, could have, you could put a 12-year-old girl there who just, yeah. you know, is, is smaller. I mean, it's possible. But that was, I, I loved, yeah, I love the, the subversion of the, uh, of that type of thing. <laughs> it, it, it twisted a little bit more, like, she got kicked out of the stadium because right. she jumped the fear on his head, you know? Because <laughs> she was a nice girl, right? You know, but just, like, you know. Yeah, it's a little girl with cancer, so you expect to be all nice, but now she just fucking hates this guy so much. <laughs> I love because because that because that is what you know some asshole sports guy you know mm-hmm. would be like, and then turning that into an eight year old girl with cancer is a very right. it's a very funny. Subversion. And then the the last thing at the end, like her hatred killed her at the right. very yeah. end. It's like what? <laughs> That's not right. I tell you, it, it's an old show. I mean, it's it, it's four or five years old, but the Onion Sports Dome was fantastic. In like six episodes or eight episodes, it was super. It was like all that kind of super great subversion of all the sports. Trends. I was with it until like her hatred killed her, and then it was like, "What?" Um. So uh, it, yes. Okay. So one number one, Tay Zanday started following me for some reason I don't know. Uh. That happened on my birthday too, which was weird. <laughs> um. Then there was this thing with WhatsApp, which was also like. So this was, uh, I, we may have talked about it. I, I still remember. I think we we talked about this. Mm-hmm. We talked about the WhatsApp thing. Um, okay, SpaceX. SpaceX blowed up real good. Wow. Yeah, the video is amazing. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's. <laughs> Yeah, let me go back to the Tenacious D. <laughs> no, you're going to listen to Tenacious, or uh, Tazelon Day. All right, so so I didn't even know what was going on. You're like, SpaceX blowed up real good on Tweet, right? And then, or I am. And I was like, well, landing rockets are hard. And then, yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Static rocket test. Blew up go, on the pad. Boom. <laughs> It blew up good too, yeah. And I mean, it it it, it is there. And you know, I mentioned that a rocket is a directed bomb. It's it's mm-hmm. an explosion that is directed out of a nozzle. Uh, so it's hard. It, it it's not. The video is easy. crazy. Yeah, the video is the flash, but like watching the payload fall to the ground and explode. Yeah, <laughs> so heartbreaking. Two hundred million dollar satellite. Here is that. Uh, here's the video. 
and and the one of the cool things there, there there are a couple of cool things about this video. First of all, okay, the explosion takes place here, um, and of course you don't hear it because it's it's far yeah. It takes away. like eight seconds for the yeah. sound to come through. I was trying to explain it at the alley when I showed her the video. She didn't understand it. I almost need a, a copy of the video where the sounds aligned. You know where they shift the sound yeah. because, like, I want to hear what the satellite sounds like exploding, and tr I'm trying to figure out which boom it is. That one, yeah, that's the satellite. Yeah. Um, what was another interesting thing? To, the... I was trying to see if I could notice the shockwave on those towers because. When the shockwave hits the camera, the camera shakes. And yeah. I was trying to see if you could see like a, a, a mirage type thing coming towards you. I think you need to be really slow, a lot slower yeah. Yeah. To, to see that. But what's interesting to me is another thing that uh, you'll see here, which is that watch how the sky darks gets really dark. That's just the that, exposure I mean, of the camera. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that is simply a, a camera exposure thing where the light gets so bright, the camera adjusts automatically as the sky gets really dark. But it, it's, it's a really cool um, effect uh, that if you you know that you can see and watch happen. But yeah, if, if you if you time the big explosions to that thing, then you can mm -hmm. hear when the payload drops. Sort of the sure. third big boom yeah. that happens. It was it, took, it was difficult to find. It would be nice to have seen a, a, a sound aligned version. So just like, like I thought, I thought the video had no sound until until eleven eight, seconds later. Eight, boom, yeah, eleven man. seconds. Boom! I'm like, oh! And then I went back and played a little bit louder. I'm like, oh, you can hear the birds tweeting. I mean, there's real sound here. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Yeah. It's stuff's Armageddon's happening in the distance. And tweet, 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 tweet. That Ali picked out like there's birds flying in front of the fire and mm -hmm. so I'm like that bird just burned up. I'm like no, very long, yeah, very couple deep miles. Field of view. Yeah, a couple miles. I mean, it, it's cool to get that kind of definition in there mm -hmm. for, from that far away, but that's just that's camera technology. Uh, Has okay. anyone isolated like like the the frame or like word initial like the beginning of the spark or anything like that yet, or is that all private? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Be interesting to see what happens with uh, Falcon flights. How long they're gonna be grounded for, or whatnot. Um. So you, um, we talked at um, after escape room about getting together and playing some games with Nick. And what's Nick? What's Nick's fiance's name? Aaron. Aaron, you and me, or maybe other people. And I said this weekend was bad because we were going to go camping. Mm -hmm. Neither Heather or I were motivated to go camping this weekend after ten days at Kelly's Island. So we kind of put that on hold. So I, I hit you up on Friday saying, you know, I'm going to be home. Yeah, I don't know what you guys are doing. And you mentioned you were playing D and D. Yes. And I was I was cool to come, but the way you made it sound like I, I it would not be prudent for me to pick up a new hobby with such investment of time right now. That, yeah, that's part of it. Be and, and the other part was, I mean, creating a character is an effort that oh, sure. is like three hours. And um, and then getting into, uh, yeah, and then getting into the whole thing, it's, it's, 
we were there from around eight o'clock because it was like the seven was supposed to arrive, but it was hard to get there because of all the traffic because Liberty because they set fire to Liberty Bridge. Um, did we mention that? <laughs> no, we didn't talk about the fucking bridge that went on caught on fire. Um. Anyway, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the. <laughs> but but but, you know, we were there till you know, they were there till twelve, roughly, and it's just. Yeah, it's it's, it takes time. The, the cool thing about these games that we, you know, the the board games stuff like that, is the They're good time constrained. Are yeah, time constrained. They're like forty five minutes to an hour, and you can play two or three games or something in mm-hmm. in, in some time, and then you have fun. D and D is not time constrained, and it's very much yeah. based on how. I mean. Th- it's it can be directed, but no. It's... I mean, I appreciate that you set my expectations, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you guys were playing board games, mm-hmm. I probably would have came down. And, and don't feel bad that I didn't come down. No, no. You guys are playing D anD D. I'm like, well, you know, maybe someday. But yeah, I definitely do not need to get into mm-hmm. a hobby where character creation is going to take the whole night, right? And then you're going to play like eight more hours. <laughs> I mean, we didn't end up playing. We didn't play that long. Yeah. But if we if we would have carried your character, we would have gotten almost nowhere just because of how much we did do. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny how you think D and D you should go places, but especially like me and Nick and this particular group, we're, we're not super obsessed with combat. So there's a lot of playing around with the story, with the story generation, and that is uh, a kind of push-me-pull-you between the players and the the DM, the guy who's running the show. And he, so he can... I mean, it, it, if the DM wants to, they can make everything about combat. But the game is designed to be either... Like, either you can focus on combat or you can focus on role-playing or you can sort of go in between... Our group, at least this particular group, tends to be more into the role-playing aspect. Uh, and while dice come into play, even in the role-playing aspect, it doesn't... It's not all... I mean, like in Stranger Things, all they had were combat scenes. Right. Just go to combat scene, combat scene, combat scene. It's not like that. It's not like just a, a board game, or at least the way that we play is not like a board mm-hmm. game. Uh, so Ty, who's a DM, he has a, a story in mind, and he sort of... Dra- he wants us to go on that, that story, but we are playing our characters in the city, and so we will take our direction we want to go, and he has to figure out how to get us on that story, at the same time, adapt for things that he didn't consider that we would do. Sinkhole so, opens up, you all fall into the dungeon, fuck you! Right, he could do that, but that <laughs> but, but that would be disappointing, and he yeah. knows that too, right. because he's you know, he plays the game as well. Uh, it, it would be, yeah, if we were just, alright, now you're in a dungeon, that doesn't feel right, because we all are like, well, we know how long things take to get places, we, we know mm-hmm. that sort of instinctively, um, we know that group dynamics is an important part of things, mm-hmm. and if we're playing characters, we have to understand each other. And like my character right now, this is the first time I'm playing a, a healer character. I'm playing a cleric, and so my character is very devout in his religious stuff. Uh, he's kind of naive, but he's very devout. Is is how I'm playing him, and so he's gonna look to to save lives and stuff whenever that's possible. 
and he's not necessarily going to go with the group's definition of what should be done mm-hmm. exactly at the time. And that has to be factored into how the play works. That's interesting that that's your character. It, again, this is the first time I'm playing this type of character. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my first characters, uh, one of my favorite characters was the little gnome, the gnome rogue who just went around stabbing things and then jerking off on everything when he was done. <laughs> <laughs> Aspenis was his name, right? His name was Pfft. <laughs> Sounds like Aspenis to me. Um... So yeah, the, I mean, D and D is it, it, it's as improv as you want it to be, and this group, particularly Nick and I and Ty, like the improv aspects of it. We like to sort of play around with the storytelling and and, right. and get our get our two cents in to 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 pull. Um, it actually, can you, can you see the the uh, the slinky? So you have the gravity of the DM. And you have us as sort of the the, the force that's restoring, and so there's there's a push me pull you between right sure. there, there's a there's an equilibrium, and we're sort of vacillating around it. It it, it kind of reacts the same way. Right. I mean, it's you a, guys all have to trust each other, right? You can't. Well, yes. Yeah. You can't you can't be a dick, and he can't be a dick. And... Right. Yeah. I mean, well, we can. Right. I mean, that's the thing is that the. So the the spring. You have to moderate your dickiness, right? Because if you're flat out, you know, you just wreck the story, right? I mean, if you well, okay, right. So here's the thing: the the natural world has to work. Right? The the spring has to work the way it does. Spring can't lie. It can't cheat. It has to work exactly the way it does. It doesn't. There's no there's no lying going on with natural world. People are different. So people can't be explicitly modeled like this, but they can be roughly modeled like this. And so you can get an idea of how this thing works by by sort of approaching this sort of model, mm-hmm. but you still have um, all the other dynamics that are, all the other variables that are involved. This is a very simple one variable mm-hmm. model, or, or one dimensional model. Right. But you can see, I, I hope, that the message will be the same rules apply. They're just a lot more complicated. There's a lot more dimensions to consider. Right. So similarly, we can talk about Skyrim a little bit. Last night I got my chanting up to 100. Oh, yeah. And a couple days ago I got my uh, smithing up to 100. So smithing was up to 100 and chanting was still like 80 or 90 yeah. or something like that. So like I was just like, now that, after I got that soul gem mm-hmm. bow, right? I was like, boom, 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 boom. So now that I'm at 100 I, and I got the perk, I, I lined all my stuff so I got 100. My next level up, I was able to get the double enchanting perk. And so now I'm like, first thing I made was a ring that is 40% archery, 40% sneak. Not too shabby for a ring. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, okay, what else do I, what do I need? I need to kind of re-enchant all my stuff. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's what I would say. Build some very simple leather, right? Mm-hmm. Leather stuff. So you have, so you can get, magic to cost nothing okay for for, you can do that for for all for all your spell right so i need to find and the reason why is then you can just continually cast spells and grow and level 
constantly. Oh, okay. And that just makes your level go higher and higher and higher. And because of the way you can do a so Skyrim, not, you, can, so you can reset it down to zero, keep going. I, I'm not reset playing. Zero, I just go level, 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 Wait, level, level. How do you get to zero? How do you do that? So, because uh, so like I'm like like it's like 101 and it's stuck there. When right? you get to 100, there should be a little like there should be a way to reset that level down to zero. Hmm. If you have all the patches, there's definitely a way to do that. So I'm playing on the console. Yeah, but if you have all the patches, right. there's definitely a way to do that. And so the other thing I'm missing is that like my shouts, like I only have like two shouts, and it's like you need to have a dragon soul. And I've killed like a bunch of dragons. Where's the dragon souls? Like how do I use them? What you know what it goes? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. means that's a dragon soul. Right, right. But when I go into shouts and I have all these other shouts where I've learned words, uh-huh. but it's like I need a dragon soul, it says. You should you. be able to just apply the dragon soul. I'll show you after we get done okay. here. Okay. Maybe you can point me in the right direction or yeah. I can get on Google. But uh, So my shouts are like completely anemic because I don't know how to apply my dragon souls. Yeah. And, um, but I'm pretty happy with my smithing, archery, and, and enchanting. When, like I said, what you could do is now that you have that, that magic thing, you... you assuming you can, because I'm pretty sure you can, you can, cause you can do that, definitely do that on the PC and it just was a patch thing. You can reset something that's at a hundred down to zero. So I saw some. I read something about that. Yeah. So I figured once I leveled up to one hundred and one, it was going to reset. But it's kind of just stuck in. No, you have to actually go in there and select it and and, and go down to zero, and you'll lose all the, the the stuff you have in that regular branch. Okay. That's okay because if you have the the leather and stuff to just redo it, you can just keep casting spells. Oh. And so there's some spell that like there's one spell that's like detect people, I think I forget. It's a it's detect, I mean well in Oblivion, detect life Detect Life, right? Is is really prominent. And I yeah. used like I had a helmet that was detect life and when you're going through dungeons it's like boom, there's people, right? And like I there's no like you can't pop any armor that's detect life in Skyrim. Right. There's only like two places you can get the spell book. Right. So it's a lot harder to get the tech life in Skyrim. You, if you went to the, did you go to the Mage's College? Not yet. Okay. Again, I'm not doing a magic why. character. I'm doing yeah. a. If you go I'm the, doing an archer in blunt in mace character. If you go to the Mage's College, you can get what okay. you need there. Uh, then you have that spell. You just you can you can learn that spell and just cast it, and each time it gives you a lot of magic skill, and you just reset. Keep going, reset. Keep going. Your level just goes up and up and up and up and up and up and up. And, up. and so, you, and that makes you. I lost. This, I also lost the second helper last night. Remember? I was in. What's the southwest city? Is that Markarth or something? The one that's on the hills and the waterfalls and everything, in the very southwest. Southwest, bottom west. left. Yeah, there's the Mark waterfalls and yeah, Markarth. And there's that whole storyline where the guards are corrupt. And uh-huh. turn- so the guards turned on me. And I had to run out of the city, right? And I had told my helper to wait. Uh, in one of the... In, I think I think in the treasury hall. But I'm not sure it's treasury hall. I can't go back to Markarth and get her. I saw a message pop up on the screen saying she got tired of waiting and she went home. But I went back to my house and she's, my, she's not there. So like I lost a second helper now. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> yeah, but I got so much resources. I don't care about the material that mm-hmm. she had when she went missing, and I you can buy more helpers just about anywhere it seems. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to get to a point. Like right now, I'm I want to re-enchant about your... all my favorite weapons with double stuff. You sure do. 
Yeah. Greg is running to the restroom, so I have to carry the post show. And what else is going on? Uh, Work-wise, had a couple. Uh, had two nice breakthroughs this week uh, to ease my frustrations. I one of the problems I was working on for four weeks. It, I, I never felt like stuck in the a quagmire of mud so bad. It just I, there was a bug in the software that I have locally. I'm trying to connect to a cloud service, which is very unlike many other cloud services. And I just couldn't get to work. I worked around my local bug, and then it was like. I couldn't get the work on the and with the cloud service, and then I came back a couple of days, two days later, and tried it again. And the same thing I tried previously worked, and I still don't know what was what parameter was different. Make it work the second time, but it took me four weeks to get that problem working, and I don't have four weeks to work on problems, so that was super frustrating. It's part of the. That burnout and maybe frustration that I've been uh, exhibiting a little bit lately. And then uh, just this morning, I did a little bit, or I guess yesterday, or Friday afternoon, talking about work. I had a breakthrough, which solved the problem I've been struggling with for four weeks. I don't know about you, but I don't struggle with wheat problems for four weeks very often. Not often, but I cannot think of the last time. Four weeks, had a breakthrough, solved it. And then another thing that I was working on, pretty complex thing, actually had to take some open source code, patch it, get it, you know, tested, and and to make my thing work. And uh, yesterday, I finally got it working. So I'm kind of happy right now that those two problems are behind me. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I was just trying to carry the show while you were in the restroom, and no, that's I what I had. Okay. Um, quantum technologies in the 9 11 events. Oh my god. This. Too bad there's not a YouTube video of this shit, because this is the shit we want to. It's crazy. So there are four parts to this link that. Uh, I forget how I found it. Uh. Part one, secret DARPA time travel program may hold key to understanding the deep politics of 9-11. So, let's let's parse just that sentence, or just that title. Secret DARPA time travel program. So, okay, already, it's DARPA has a time travel program. May hold key to understanding, not 9-11, but the deep politics of 9-11 through time travel. Well, you got to figure there was... I mean, if we've done remote viewing and telekinesis, there's got to be some time travel research done. Right. If, if, if you if you take the Stranger Things as the baseline of, of what's actually happened as an actual history of events, then no, time travel makes No, remote sense. viewing was stuff that was really researched. Well, well, yeah, it was research and it was found to be bunk. Well, right. In remote viewing, they actually made it... Or in Stranger Things, they made it work. But right, but I mean, like, life, in, in real life... Yeah. There's no reason not to test these things, especially if you have unlimited resources like government, and then you find that it's nonsense, and so mm-hmm. you say, okay, it's nonsense. Right. Uh, unless they're completely lying to us and everybody is lying to us, which I don't believe is happening, mm-hmm. but I can't prove it's not 
I can't prove that that's not true. Uh, directed energy, numbered part two, directed energy weapons. So already we have a, directed energy weapons are, are very hard to do, but let's continue. Mm -hmm. Directed energy, or at least I, would, I should say that directed energy weapons that are, that are not based on directed kinetic energy are very hard to do. Right. <laughs> uh, turned World Trade Center into nanoparticles on 9-11, which is like another, like a whole couple leaps. I mean, direct energy weapons could destroy something, but then they turn into nanoparticles? Why would that be? Uh, part three, memo to U.S. Congress, prima facie evidence, prima facie means um, on the face of it, uh, evidence uh, that Bush, Cheney, and Rumsfeld committed treason on 9-11. So prima facie evidence would mean like right away you can see mm -hmm. that there's evidence it's like not you don't even have to dig that's prima facie prima facie means you don't have to dig it's it's right there on the surface uh and part four u.s attorney or district attorney can prosecute bush cheney and rumsfeld for murder on 9 uh actually i'm kind of interested in the prima facie evidence i haven't heard anything right about that so let's go into that part three hold, hold on one second here i might have found a youtube video worth critiquing Uh, is there up. sound or is it just all the slides? What the fuck? Okay, cops sitting over here in Suffolk County. I don't know what they're doing over here. So the title of this is Secret Darba Time Travel Program May Hold the Key to 9-11. Google this. But it's just some guy in his car going, cops, cops are here in Suffolk County. Suffolk County's in Virginia. And now there's just a bunch of noises. Oh, shit. How many views? 24,000 views! Am I turned up at least? Thank you. Okay. This... I was hoping this would be a nice... <laughs> Bees. Who's that like? Close uh, enough. Alright. I was hoping this was actually something. It's not. So right. I'm sorry for that. That's it, okay. All right. Really, a t uh, you know. Uh, uh, I will say this: smoke weed every day. <laughs> <laughs> Soundboards are great. Um, okay, let me just go up to part one because there's no okay. point in, in in getting into stuff without going into part one. <clears throat> Part 1. Secret DARPA time travel program may hold key to understanding the deep politics of 9-11. Posted originally on March 16th, 2010. Uh, in, a in, a two, in a 2006 paper entitled False Flag Operations 9-11 and the Exopolitical Perspective, Dr. Michael E. Salia identifies five exopolitical factors behind false flag operations, including the false flag operation of September 11th to. 2011 or 2001 rather um michael e salia is the link goes to this site is bib uh biblio biblioteca okay about michael e salia dr Dr. Michael E. Salia, a pioneer in the development of exopolitics, blah, 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 blah. Uh, 
is a pioneer in the development of exopolitics. The scholarly study, the scholarly study of main actors, institutions, and processes associated with an extraterrestrial presence that is not acknowledged to the general public, elected officials, or the mass media. This is scholarly. The scholarly study of the main, of extraterrestrial presences that are uh, affecting our politics. Um, he's an internationally recognized scholar in international politics. I don't believe that's true. Um, he has a PhD in government from the University of Queensland, Australia, and uh, MA in philosophy from the University of Melbourne, Australia. Well, that makes him certainly uh, sounds legit. Certainly legit. Okay, so let's go back to the uh, document here. Although uh, this doctor identifies exotic scalar weapons as the fourth exopolitical factor in false flag operations. His, his so art... false flag operation, for those who might not know, mm-hmm. I looked up. It's a contemporary term that describes covert operations that are designed to deserve, designed to deceive in such a way that the operations appear as though they are being carried out by entities, groups, or nations other than those. Right. This is an, who an example planned. would be uh, this, the, the Spanish American War was a false flag operation, right? It, it was uh, there was a uh, a ship. I forget what the ship was that was burned, but it was blamed on the Spanish, and that was used as politics to get the okay. uh, get the U.S. into the Spanish American War. This is a false flag operation. This is stuff that has happened in history. It's the things uh, that we know so. That I get false. Literally, you run up the flag of a different country, mm-hmm. commit a crime, maybe against yourself, mm-hmm. and you blame it on the flag that you had. Or I mean, formed. I think it's 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 more likely that a, a situation happens and you take advantage of it by um, right, right. But yeah. I'm just saying, literally, you fly a false flag, mm-hmm. do something bad, and then parlay that into a war. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's a false flag. It, it is a it is a recognized term. It is something that that has happened in history, but uh, the idea is not only that this is that that nine eleven is a false flag, which is something that is promoted by a lot of uh, by a lot of conspiracy theories, but that nine eleven is a false flag, do, dealing with time travel and exopolitics, i.e., extraterrestrials. Exopolitics. Uh, a key whistleblower has emerged with evidence that secret U.S. time travel technologies were used as early as 1971 to acquire the first-hand documentary knowledge about September 11th, 2011, fully three decades before the horrific events of that fateful day. Uh, he, a child, Mr. Basaggio, a child participant in DARPA's time travel program, Project Pegasus, has publicly stated... How in 1971 he viewed moving images of the attack on the Twin Towers on September 11, 2011 that had been obtained from the future and brought back to the early night. Why, so he publicly said it. Why didn't he say it beforehand? Why did he wait till afterwards? Uh, uh, DARPA created the... Blah, 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 Mr. Project claims that DARPA's sacred technological accomplishments go far beyond what is publicly acknowledged that by 1970 DARPA has achieved teleportation-based time travel as well as advanced electro-optical means of discerning past and future events via different technologies that provide quantum access. Let's talk about this one term, electro-optical. 
which I find to be fascinating. <laughs> uh, optical phenomena has to do with uh, stuff that we can perceive by uh, vibrations, by quanta of the electromagnetic field. So electro-optical uh, <laughs> uh, means whatever that Yeah, anything that you see is an electromagnetic field. Mm-hmm. So it is, I, I I would think by the way those terms are generally defined, electro-optical. Uh, so they have some way of doing it that is electro-optical. They're using some weird, some sciencey terms to, to make something dumb sound serious. One of those things you can look out for, I mm-hmm. suppose, in these sorts of things. Uh, while serving in Project Pegasus, if you uh, moving image 911 is the secured U.S. defense technical facility where they were processed after being retrieved from the future. The Aerojet Corporation facility that once stood in, at the corner of Bullock Avenue and Leroy Place. <laughs> Leroy! In Scario, New Mexico. Leroy Place, you say? Leroy! Um, oh, come on, Leroy. <laughs> what the fuck? According to his whistleblower testimony, Donald Rumsfeld was the defense attaché to Progress Pegasus, Pegasus during the 1970s when he was serving as a counselor to President Nixon and a member of his board of wage and price stabilization. In all likelihood, Mr. Rumsfeld, as a defense attaché to Progress Pegasus, would have known about and possibly had control. So this is just, this is not. It's in all likelihood that doesn't make. I, I thought this was going to be like evidence. <sighs> Uh, Mr. Bersaccio's eyewitness account that Secretary Rumsfeld and others knew about 9-11 decades in advance because data about it was gathered via DARPA's secret time travel program unlocked several of the more enigmatic facts in the 9-11 literature and may be the key to society's unraveling of the ultimate accountability for the false flag operation that took place on September 11, 2001. Um, this isn't even fun. This is just... Yeah, because it's not a video, so I'm sort of reading it. There's, there's a picture of, like, look, here's this guy at Gettysburg. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, here, there, there's a there's an interview. Let's, let's walk through the interview. Okay. Okay. Question. Why would the U.S. take part in 9-11? Andrew D. Bassagio. <clears throat> Should I put a, a voice for <laughs> What I know is that in the early 1970s, Project Pegasus had moving images of one of the planes hitting one of the Twin Towers in 9-11. That 9-11 was known and spoken of by Project Principles, and that the defense attaché to Project Pegasus was Donald Rumsfeld, the individual who was serving as the defense secretary during 9-11. The evidence from Project Pegasus shows that the U.S. government knew about the 9-11 attacks many years in advance, not necessarily that it took part in those attacks. What evidence? What evidence? <clears throat> Question. If Project Pegasus knew about 9-11 before it would happen, why wasn't 9-11 prevented from occurring? Andrew. That's a good question. <laughs> what I know is that it was the consensus of the U.S. officials administering Project Pegasus that information about future events should be used to engage in contingency planning for future events, but not to play God, quote-unquote, and change the future by preventing or altering future events. A paradox exists, such as acting to change future events based on prior knowledge of them results in diminished, accurate knowledge of future events. Why would you know about future events? 
if you can determine future events, then you can change things and then determine future events again, right? Could. <clears throat> I think what they're saying is that they were scared to interact and change the future Fucking because they didn't know what else. So there was an institutional reluctance to change future events based on the prior knowledge of them because of the impact of doing so on the quality of the intelligence database exactly. concerning future events. Makes perfect sense, Greg. Once you change that first thing, it just fucks everything it, up. So it gets, always gets worse. Have you watched any movies ever about time travel? It always gets worse. But why you wouldn't something. then your information change? Because the past viewing had... No, it just uh, gets worse. Have you ever seen a movie about time travel? Yes, I have. It gets worse. You change something, it gets worse. Show me. Tell me a movie where it gets better. A movie where it gets better? Yeah. Time travel, Back to the Future. Doesn't get where does it get better? Marty's family becomes rich and, and oh. prosperous and and he becomes not doesn't last. It doesn't last. It does last. Back to the future too. It doesn't last. Well it does last because ultimately it turns in back to the future shrug. three. But in Back to the Future Three, it, everything's back to normal and, and it's good. And he doesn't he doesn't crash into into the guy because of, of that race because he because he said chicken. And uh <laughs> And where do you make flea? Because flea said chicken. 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 And he doesn't. He doesn't get into that in that crash, and therefore their their future is 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 much more secure. And Doc Brown builds a time machine out of steam. <laughs> <laughs> so it does get better. I, I would thank you for acknowledging my point. <laughs> All right. You asked. I did. Um, how much information? How much information about the future has Project Pegasus learned about? <clears throat> My experiences in Project Pegasus indicate that by 1970, the U.S. government was using Chronovision. Chronovision. I assume it's color. No, no Chrono. <laughs> Chronovision. Oh, oh yeah, Chrono is time. Chronovision. Yeah, that's time right. Vision. It's like TiVo. I think, I think of Chromo. They had TiVo in 1971. I think of Chromo, which is... Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. They had TiVo yes. in 1971. Chronovision, yeah. To capture remotely and record on film a vast yes. amount of footage and pa- of past and future events. Past events? Neat. Ooh. Show us the pictures of Jesus. Yeah, come on. When we visited the project location at Flemington, New Jersey, where I was shown remote images of the signing of the U.S. Constitution in 1787 and saw George Washington and Benjamin Franklin as they appeared in life, we could see that the technicians there were filming reams and reams of scenes of past events on 16mm film stock and storing it in film canisters. Presumably this process is done digitally today. You think? Why would you film it if you have this technology and government resources but you would never you not need to film it because if you ever need to observe it you would just dial it up again it's chronovision man it's you don't need to film it you... but hey it's it's no it's no. unstable it's unstable oh you don't know what you're going to get well you don't know if you'll be able to get to it again mm-hmm. so you you record what you they can they just happened to get the constitution signing yeah one of the most well they were lucky <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get yeah, I'm, I'm sure George they got, Washington jerking it. In I'm, I'm sure shed. they got a lot of that too, and they probably have it recorded. <laughs> but they did get lucky and get the Constitution being signed. 
uh, and at the same time, some some bear shitting in the woods. I'm sure, <laughs> kind of merged in there. So you have to do some furrier analysis to get it all out. I got to go to the bathroom. Okay, you care. read read yes. on. <laughs> is Project Pegasus still active? I do not know whether Project Pegasus is still active, but the intelligence infrastructure that evolved from it is in all likelihood very active at this time. Well, thank you, Andrew B.D. Basaggio. That's really helpful. <clears throat> Project Pegasus was a small, highly secret research and development program launched in the late 1960s. However, the technologies it developed gave the U.S. government the keys to past and future events. Didn't stop them from uh, Trump, did it? That should really be a... Ding, ding, right? I mean, these are the guys in control. Uh, my guess is that the quantum access capabilities... Well, may, Okay, here's this thing. Here's the thing. Maybe they did try to change something after 9-11, and that caused the whole Trump phenomenon to happen. Like it was a Tea Party thing. I can totally buy that, actually. It's starting to make a lot more sense. <clears throat> my guess is that the quantum access capabilities that Project Pegasus provided the U.S. government are now headquartered at some form of National Intelligence Center that provides the president, the intelligence community, and the military information about future events. So, yeah, so I'm, I am thinking this, and we're going to bring this up when Jeff comes back, uh, that uh, probably what is happening right now is because they fucked with the time stream. They're like, all right, well, look, September 11th happened, but okay. Jeff, what you're back. What I miss? Okay, this guy is saying that uh, the technology developed gave the U.S. government the keys to past and future events, uh, and... And that this, these are being held. And here's here's my question: of, is why would the U.S. government let this whole Trump thing happen? And that gave me the the instant idea that well, maybe. So Bush and Rumsfeld and all were like, "Oh, let this happen." And Obama came in there, and Obama was like, "Well, we gotta change shit. This this bad shit is gonna happen." Well, and he changed. So so yeah. So he changed shit. And that caused them not to understand this Trump thing because, because, like he said, once you change something, all that, all that stuff is is mm-hmm. is null and void. So that's why they couldn't predict Trump because Obama got in there and was like, "I'm going to Obama this," and and that's why we have Trump. Makes it's, perfect sense. Makes, sense. makes yes. absolute perfect sense. Amen, brother. Uh, was just the military involved, or was the government also involved? Project Pegasus combined individuals employed by the U.S. military, the U.S. intelligence community, and civil defense contractors. It was a research and development program of the U.S. Department of Defense. This is a weird question. How could a father actually put his son through all these violent and possibly fatal transportation experiments? What the fuck? Where, where does that question come from? What vi- The guy hasn't described any violent or fatal transportation experiments. He's talking about remote viewing and chronovision. It is my position that my father and I were proud to serve our country during its hour of maximum danger and were also privileged to be involved in America's early activities time-space exploration. Uh. So so Project Pegasus is a term tightly controlled by conspiracy theorists. If you Google Project Pegasus, the number one thing is this goofy YouTube video, which might be worth watching. And then you got ProjectPegasus.net. Get some goofy videos. You still no YouTube or no uh, no Wikipedia article. 
Here's a question. How could a child possibly be put through all of this and also remember everything he saw or even understand what he saw or heard? Andrew. I am a gifted individual with exceptional powers of observation and memory. Sure. These gifts were identified when I was being trained in progress pe- Project Pegasus. In one test, I recited back random numbers provided to me verbally to 84 places. Do you remember that story about Obama going to Mars as a teen? Yes. Project Pegasus. There you go. I was identified as the future whistleblower about Project Pegasus, even while I was still serving at the Why weren't you killed? Uh, I spent over 10 years investigating my experiences and proving them to, to be, proving them to an historical certainty. I'm an individual who did remember what I saw and heard, so it is not valid to say that I couldn't have done so because a child couldn't or shouldn't have been able to do Oh, okay. That explains it. What? Oh, I'm skipping a commercial here, okay. and then we're going to watch the de facto Project Pegasus video, if it's any good here. Oh, is a lawyer, writer, oh, it sounds and like 21st century awesome. visionary. He is an emerging figure in the disclosure movement who is leading a campaign to lobby the United States government to disclose such controversial truths as the fact that Mars harbors life and that the United States has achieved quantum access to past and future events. That is amazing. And I'll tell you, I know that some of you get on the fence Two hours about and 12 minutes. Uh, Andrew and his uh, story. This However, is the guy, Andrew D. All I can say is there's no doubt in my mind that he believes every word he's saying, and he doesn't, he doesn't miss a beat. So, um, you know, I'm not really quick to doubt what he says. Uh, Laura Magdalene Eisenhower is also joining us tonight. She is the great-granddaughter of former President Eisenhower. Uh, Laura is an intuitive uh, astrologist, global (laughs) alchemist, cosmic mythologist, and is, again, the great-granddaughter of Dwight David Eisenhower. She is... On a profound mission to reveal our true origins, that's what we all want, she is also a whistleblower and has been speaking out about being recruited to go to a colony on Mars that represented a timeline that she refused to go along with. She has been able to uncover some necessary truths and agendas, and humanity is being kept in the dark about it all. Ben Davis, well, he's been a guest on Late Night in the Midlands before, just as the all of our guests tonight have. His first show was on October 18th of 2013, disclosing his UFO abduction on March 14th. Okay, let's go right. to the Seven interview. minutes in, we get a first chapter. Trying to survive in, in, in a timeline that uh, I made a choice from my UFO. So where this is going is... <clears throat> Um, I believe that I could never really explain, uh, like in the earlier shows, where I was going until I was revealed this final task that uh, I was handed to do. And that's the red pill I chose back during the Army incident in uh, 1976. I believed all these years that and, and this is what's very common now, especially with Laura and her, um, you know, new awakening um, and how it's connected with Andrew and the time travel program. I mean, my whole life for 39 years, I've been 
kidding people in a way, you know, with my stories and, and right. yeah, trying the next not, 20 minutes. I'm going to stay in the race next and I'm not going to live my life to, to, to save it. I'm going to live my life to live it. And, uh, this is what I want to do with my life. So I'm, I'm going to be running, you know, come, come hell or high water. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to give into fear or intimidation. That's the way to be. And now, uh, as far as your, um, the jumping, uh, the the time okay, travel, getting, the, okay. uh, going to Mars. Um, Laura, you were also uh, approached, and you were asked to join that project. Is that right? Yes. It's a little bit different. Um, it wasn't about the teleportation so much. Uh, the way that we were going to get there was on something called an ARC, spelled A-R-C, and the target date was 2012, and it was to be a permanent colonist. And when I met Andrew, um, finally some detail. We started to connect the dots, and some of the information that he heard when he was in Project Pegasus, uh, he shared with me, and then I shared my stuff with him about the group, uh, the recruiters, and some of the names uh, that we shared were a, a very strong link, like Ed Dames, right, Andy? Uh oh. Yeah, actually, actually, I should I should note, and out of the deep friendship and respect that I have for Laura. Um, I first heard the name Laura Eisenhower in 1972, oh, a year before her birth. Get into the details of the fucking time As my travel. vice presidential running mate. Right. And I don't think 40 minutes, 45 seconds in. Of course, shared with the Same rest of the civilization about his involvement. And the Washington press corps has been entirely asleep at the switch about this very provocative and meaningful story about the president's past. They've been more concerned about whether he was right. born in Kenya in nuclear weaponry, which is, you know, we'll survive the atomic age if if our social I'm just paraphrasing here. But if basically the idea is if our social organization keeps up with our technical proficiency, what happened in the area of quantum access, that form of technical proficiency is that the corruption of government around that right, technology then, far so outpaced about the any potential shit. to introduce no, it's, the it's technology, blah, blah, blah. even on a limited access basis. Okay, 20 more minutes. Right yeah. 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 And that, that's a hallucinogen, which uh, is um, being catalyzed by by other chemicals put in the food, the GMO. The it's all connected. I mean, they're saturating the human mind so bad that they cannot wake up. And so they even said that in the Matrix documents early on where it said those are the ones that cannot comprehend. They don't have the intelligence. They don't have, uh, you know, the drive. Any of that. <laughs> and that's because of what's being suppressed. You can't wake up. You're going to jump ahead 20 more minutes? Like yeah, you like I got to. Okay. Hour 40. Clothing made out of animal skins. He had over 40 tools on his person uh, when he was killed, actually with an arrow in the back. Uh, so okay. what I'm suggesting here I'm is interested. that there was a long period between roughly 11,500 years ago and roughly 5,000 years ago where we were attempt attempting to patch civilization back together again after it had been utterly devastated on Mars and Earth by something that struck both planets from space. So I do agree with your general premise that we live in a world in From which there space. is well, that's cool. A I mean, that, that's a cool mind. idea, right? That oh, that that's a cool. So, what was he? He he was alluding to there was okay. simultaneous 
civilizations about planets on, were on in Mars, communication. Right. On, on, there's Mars and Earth. Something struck both, both. of them. Some... And we're trying to rebuild or control the this, this stuff that rebuilds civilization from that thing that happened in the past to make it so we get... The, the... Agreeing. And it sort of is accelerated, not just by the mass media, oh, but by okay, the mass media, the, the mass me- paranoid and fear-based. But at the same time, we have to utilize <laughs> science and applied science to protect ourselves from anything that might hit our planet from outer space. It could be nothing more than a very elaborate meteor shower. Hey, shut up! <laughs> I, I like the things that can hit our planet Thank not you. from outer space. <laughs> well, I... The bottle cap just hit the planet from not outer space. <laughs> that if enough rocks landed in the ocean, we might have displacements of water. We might have objects that would destroy you major might. population centers. Or you will. Nuclear winter type conditions. So I think that that would be a benevolent use of Mars to try to knock that stuff down so we don't lose this civilization. A benevolent use. Because it's going to take thousands of years to patch civilization together again. And I think that would be a catastrophe that would almost be incalculable given the population of the Earth at this time. So when I was told by Courtney Hunt that the Mars Project existed... Courtney Hunt? ...to, uh, <laughs> to, to protect hum- the existence of human life, I think that's why it was begun. I don't know whether its purpose has you been diverted... my friend. ...suggested into something nefarious. But I, when I was serving in the Mars program, we were told that it was to create an extraterrestrial defense regime broadly defined, not just involving fending off hostile extraterrestrial yeah, beings, yeah, but yeah. knocking down right, two hours. Evolving realities. Yeah. Oh, we have to watch a UPMC health plan you commercial about beekeepers. Then again, your health insurance could be leaving something out. Realities. Number six. Negatively oriented entities will not hang around the planet if no one will let them. You as a Why people not? have that choice. Work to educate this is some Scientology in a way bullshit like the, they the, the Thetans aren't going to hang around if you don't let ready, them hang around. Know. So, so that we like. can collectively become of one mind. And so that we can collect- For example, private, relatively meaningless, but embarrassing or compromising or sensitive information gathered, for example, when the FBI investigates criminal activity and innocent people are investigated uh, or, or they're investigated potentially as being involved in crime and then found out to be innocent. Those are, in my view, the only two legitimate areas for official state secrecy. And yet we're living in this paradoxical, ironic, dysfunctional, backwards America where we even have the president <laughs> wait, 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 wait. of the United States Paradox- par- paradoxical, erotic, dysfunctional, backwards America. A secret space program that par- was involved paradoxical, in 35 years ago. I mean, we have to can, get, can get beyond paradoxical, the complex. Ironic, dysfunctional, backwards. I got all the best words. I got America. lots of words. So... That is a P-I-D-B-A, Padiba, a paradoxical, ironic, dysfunctional, backwards America. Just People I'm... who are abducted can expect to be abducted and contacted throughout their life cycle. 
and that specific people are being contacted and that most of them are endowed with a higher level of creativity as a result of their ET contact experiences. And yet by 1970, the government didn't know where most of these ETs were from, who they were, or what they wanted in contacting our civilization. There's even a possibility that they weren't extraterrestrial, but they were interterrestrials from within the mantle of the Earth itself. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> traveling to the, to the surface via volcanic vents and so forth and volcanoes. So... Uh, this is my mission. I'm running for president for a particular reason. He's running for so president? As a student of American history, when I look back on that epochal struggle to save the Union and to end slavery, um, that was the Civil the War fuck? era under the leadership of Abraham Lincoln. This is interview Misagi. He's that guy who, guy who was, I was to the present era, And that's the great battle that we now have to fight within the United States, is the battle to know the truth and tell it, because that is the first obligation of a president, and that's what I hope to implement as president. All right, well, Andrew, Trump. thank you very much. I, again, I appreciate you being a guest here tonight. It's wow. been a while. So that, and, uh, you really skipped a lot, but there was nothing make there. It so long. Love to have you back. Yeah, I can tell. I can go future. back if you want. Well, let's I'll go back and see if there's anything different. So there's chapters every mission. 20 minutes. Well, let's, let's do the next Thank you, Ben. Here's a 29 Global coastal flooding event, because that's the percentage of global population that lives within a one-hour automobile ride of an ocean. Okay, so that catastrophic future that we saw during one of the probes that I was personally and substantially involved in, we were actually uh, wearing the probe. time, space, ocean, global pop percent of. All right, we'll go back to 20. About five to six days in its annual rotation around the sun. Wait, about let's go back a little bit further. Positive timeline where we're not going to see, for example, a global coastal flooding event. Now, I had seen such a future during a chronovisor probe that was launched from ITT Defense Communications in Nutley, New Jersey, on November 5th of 1971. I saw specifically the U.S. Supreme Court building under 100 feet of brackish water in the year 2013. Here we are in 2015, and that event has not happened. Yeah. Well, what happened in 2012 is that there was a solar flare that if the Earth had been progressed one degree of rotation, about five to six days in its annual rotation around the sun, we would have mel had a melting of the Darth polar ice cap. The solar so that flare catastrophic location. timeline is not the timeline that we're on. And that's why I don't think we should relent in defeatism. I think we should get, I think we should get intelligent, good, kind people into leadership. You know, I was recently asked, who do you admire? Who do you think is exhibiting who asked you? true leadership in the world? Taylor and I Swift. said, the Dalai Lama. And the questioner asked me, why the Dalai Lama? And I said, because his religion is kindness. You know, I'm confident that if we get loving, kind, intelligent people in government, that we can create a remarkable civilization. We have all the tools available to us. We just have to make certain course corrections in our evolution as a civilization. But we are not, the evidence is beginning to show that we are not on a catastrophic timeline. That that horrible future in which, for example, 70% of humanity will drown before the global coastal flooding event, because that's the percentage of global population that lives within a one hour automobile ride of an ocean. Okay, so that catastrophic future that we saw during one of the probes that I was 
That obviously would have been a global catastrophe had it done so. I did something ahead about an hour. Are people who attending his seminars vulnerable to potential recruitment, as the questioner asks? I'm not prepared to answer that because that that asks me to speculate. Okay. About. So I'm going to change videos. Here's another hour and a half of Andrew D. Do we uh, want to bring up our guest? Start sure. getting into the. I'd love to. We actually have video. Oh, the drinking craft beer. Yeah. Andrew D. All right. Andrew. Come on, buddy. All right. They got Growler of craft beer from. Hello. BB. Nice Figure out what that doing? is. Like a B backwards B brewery. Nice and cold. I need to shake hands longer. Your hands are real nice and cold. Oh, he's drinking from a red solo cup. That's right. No worries. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Michael's up, too. And Michael. I'm sorry. Michael Our podcast should be like this, man. We got beer and conspiracy theories and on the air lights and tie-dye t-shirts. this clip. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of awkward sometimes. Just shake hands with Adrian for a few let's minutes. Go, let's skip to the, right to the interview <laughs> part. Yeah, I'm kind of so, fascinated uh, by this I, I, bullshit. I, I'm pretty unfamiliar on what brings you up tonight and what your Shay. topics are. I don't know why you're on my um, podcast, motherfucker. I was a child participant in DARPA's Project Pegasus, which Shay. was the U.S. time-space program at the time Shay. of the emergence of different forms of time travel in the U.S. defense technical community. Uh, it's been concealed from the American people that time travel existed as the secret twin, essentially, of Project Manhattan, the atomic bomb project. Because at the time that Project Manhattan was being formulated and the world's, some of the world's leading physicists and, and engineers were being uh, settled in Los Alamos, New Mexico, to develop the atomic bomb, Nikola Tesla's Ugh. papers from his apartment in the New York Hotel in Manhattan, Tesla. New York, that had been seized by the War Department upon his death on January 7th of 1943, were forwarded by the president from the National Archives to Los Alamos, and they're still there. The, Nikola Tesla's papers were never no, lost. No, they were. 25 years <laughs> later, in 1968, the U.S. I, I hate the Tesla. I hate Tesla worship. Because, te look, Tesla was a, a, a clever guy, uh, but... He didn't do anything fucking magnificent. He didn't. He didn't do anything awesome. His he didn't invent the fucking light bulb or the power distribution grid. <laughs> he he didn't invent the light bulb. Uh, needed Edison, but that doesn't matter. He did it. He he came up with with or at least he popularized the concept of, of alternating current as a, as a transportation mechanism, which was good at the time. Now it's not necessarily as important, um, but it was very useful for for transporting electricity at the time. Sure, give him that. I'll give him that. But his idea of, for example, free electricity for everybody was stupid. Anybody who doesn't acknowledge that doesn't understand how electricity works. He wanted to beam electricity everybody through radio. Mm -hmm. Which is, you understand that uh, our entire world would have been a horrible noise of static and <laughs> nothing else would have worked. Well, but you would have had juice. The, the power requirements drop off by the square of the distance. Yeah. So the amount of power required would be enormous. Yeah. Spark gap generator in every corner. <laughs> I'd uh, rather have taco trucks. Yeah, very much so. Open Gangnam Style. And your <laughs> Tesla teleportation. Tesla which teleportation, which as far as I know, doesn't exist. <laughs> And Did he even get the date Tesla died, right? Found a way I don't know. To adjust the time of the arrival of the individual via teleportation, backward or forward in time. So I was brought Same in to Project Pegasus as a child participant 
in, officially in the fall of 1969. Today, I'm a lawyer in private practice in Washington State. Uh, have been for 20 years. For the past 10 years, I've been running my own um, truth campaign around. Drowning out the guy, so, man. Sorry, I didn't realize it would last so long. You don't, you don't know. To literally yeah, transform you don't know. Society. Yeah, and life's a box of soundboards. My truth campaign Baba about Bowie. time travel has evolved into <laughs> Drop an independent campaign for president of the United States. I will be a candidate <sighs> in the 2016 elections for yes. president. I haven't announced yet, but I do intend to run. Now, as a... Um, when you say oh, independent, thank, are you, thank you meaning independent of the two major parties or independent of all parties? I mean complete I'm gonna be running in a completely independent, nonpartisan <laughs> completely independent reality campaign. Uh, as a write in candidate because when I investigated running as for a write in candidate that it's become cost prohibitive to even get on the ballots. It would it's gonna cost three to five million dollars just to get on the ballots around the country. So I'm gonna be running an internet driven a YouTube-supported independent candidacy. Oh, for this is candidate. like a cable access. And I'm going to get live on the black box in. voting scandal by having all of those who vote for me number. as a write-in. And my I don't vice think they're president, alive, dude. And my vice president. No, no, we should just call this to number. Send a postcard right. to my campaign. Can you can you hook up a telephone? That they vote. We can Google. We can Google. Does Google used to be able to call? I don't know if you can call it anymore. No, I can call it. Determine whether the presidential election is in fact being rigged. All right. So here, let's hook up the phone. Dial the number. Three six zero six nine three seven five four four to infinity and beyond. Okay, stop the cell so we can hear Hello, and thank you for calling Port Vancouver Community Television. Our current hours are 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Wednesdays and Thursdays only. <laughs> thank you very much for your interest in Port Vancouver Community Television. Our website, www.fvtv11.org. Is right, let me try to answer well with, with sounds if it'll work out. Port Vancouver Community Television. No, the microphone's just. Thank you very yeah. much for calling. Please leave a message and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Thank you. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. <laughs> Greg likes the soundboard quite a bit. All right. 
like that. That's sad that the cable access channel is only yeah. have the phones open from three to eight on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Probably West Coast, right? Vancouver television. Fort, yeah, Fort Vancouver. Rigged, uh, but the bottom line is that it's become simply cost prohibitive for any independent American to now run for the. All right, this is an hour and a half, so let's mm. jump ahead a little bit. How how many minutes in do you want me to go? 30, 32.1. How about give me seconds? 32 32 minutes. 15. 32 15. There. Loading. Loading. My internet sucks. Smoke weed every day. Here we go. It's coming. Here we go. To come to people. You know, and I would also say, I mean, from what I know of Tesla, he always wanted his technologies yes. and powers to be used for the good of the people. Yeah. So right. why would they, you know? Well, I, I, I can answer that. What, what happened is Tesla died in, on January 7th of 43. There was a team of War Didn't Department of April? I'm pretty sure he said April the first time. I have no idea. I wasn't listening. Officials, two War Department officers, and two FBI. Okay. When did Tesla die? Uh, I got YouTube up on. When did Tesla die? January seventh, nineteen forty-three. Ah, that's what he said, right? I, I assume. They. You know. Well, I, I, I can answer that. What What happened is Tesla died in, on January seventh of forty-three. There was a team of War Department Checks officials, out. two War Department officers, and two legit. FBI agents who were racing to his uh, suite at the New Yorker Hotel to seize his. Paperwork, any prototypes in the laboratory, his formulae, mathematical formulae, schematics of his inventions. So the War Department seized his paperwork, forwarded it to the National Archives, but then it was sent to the most logical place on the planet, namely Los Alamos, and became the secret twin of the Manhattan Project. I attended a lecture in the 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 winter-spring time frame of 1971. At the Surreal's Cultural Center site, there's an underground amphitheater there. Now you can look down on it from the surface and see it if you visit that site. The roof is missing because there was a fire there. And Donald Rumsfeld, who at that point had not yet served as twice as defense secretary, he was simply a... All right, 4649. All right. ...that photograph in Washington. They were told that they would never be given access to the original photograph or negatives. Uh, because it's the only public Bruh. photograph of the National Archives that's classified. Why? I don't think it's just because it shows Lincoln at Gettysburg. It shows the first time traveler from the future. It is already known to have been known as such in the future because my story it has, has been known since the early 70s as having been the breakthrough story revealing the time travel potential that our government developed in the early 70s. And it also shows me and it proves my earlier claims that I did transition from view right as the photographer was exposing his negative to, to the sunlight beneath his, you know, outside of his canopy. And also, if they're standing next to me is this large, I'll, I'll say vaguely Asiatic entity that does not look human but looks extraterrestrial. So one of the shadow bodies in the photograph is right next to me. He's about a foot taller than me, and he looks like a gray extraterrestrial. So that must have been some interdimensional who was having his turn on his 21st birthday or something of going to see Andy on Earth 
visiting Lincoln at Gettysburg or whatever, but it's it's not a human entity. It's another form of humanoid. Are there, are there other pictures? <laughs> of, uh, it, it's an alien frat boy who's drinking beer at Gettysburg. Bruce Goldberg talks about the one of the person from the Midwest who always wanted to visit the Grand Canyon did so when they were growing up in the 1940s and then went there in the 1970s. We should get this dude on the show. Climbed around 11,500 years it clearly ago goes on Mars and Earth <laughs> were hit with by debris from space. This, okay, that so he's repeating. the first civilization. So now we're at that, hour that 11. the great maritime civilization that built the Great Pyramid and the Sphinx. <sighs> and the pyramidal culture that broke out of the, the Middle culture. East into Mesoamerica and Southeast Asia, for example. As indicated the host by ask the any pyramidal questions? ruins in it South, like South, South, South America. Ruins like Angkor Wat there. in Cambodia. There, like, so what has at some point, you just got to be like... ...is not only this ET intervention and continued small gray abduction of humans... Yeah, that, I, I have so many questions. I'd be like, to advance bam, the development bam, bam, of civilization bam. on Earth. Hold on, but the buddy. fact that we're in the second Hold civilization on, on Earth. Now, that first civilization on Earth, which existed prior to that catastrophic event in our solar system 11,500 years ago, we don't know how many thousands of years it existed before that catastrophe and was destroyed, but we do know that it was on Mars because my research organization, Mars Research Society, or Mars, one of our photo analysts, Ross Curley. All right, so I jump. What's this? What is, it? Is, it, is this an ad? Oh, no, they're playing music? Hold on. I, mean, a little I, I went to the end of the wrap up summary. But... About 300 Let's see if feet I can of what the guitars are for. Containing summaries of events, major events, conditions. Living in the world that our grandfather's generation invented through the genius of people like great heroes like Nikola Tesla. And that's the civilization I'm going to try to bring about as your president. Thank you, Andy. Yeah. Presidential hopeful from Vancouver. <laughs> Practice I'll go for that. For and I will say the music was better back then, too. Right. I love Washington, <laughs> and I love the people of Vancouver. I've practiced law here for 20 years, since what? November of 96, and by 2016. This is a great state with so great people, and it's my pleasure to be on uh, on this program here at... Thank you. Yeah, it's a Absolutely. Too bad Mrs. G wasn't here. She loves this. Okay, here comes the song. I actually teleported well, here as a kid. I, I teleported once to Fort Lewis, and we came out of this. Oh, sure we came out of this bubble thing, this shrink wrap tunnel that was at the end of the portal. You know, yeah, I, I'm sorry, Andy. We were really hold on. I just go right into the music. Sorry, Andy. You got two. You guys with bullets want to play some guitar. Let's do some guitar here. Uh, could you imagine sitting there listening to him for an hour and a half? I could, I can, yeah, because I would, but I, I would be like peppering him with questions. I, I imagine, I, I hope I would. Well, these look at these two guys. They don't look like the kind of guys that would necessarily. Why? Ask a ton of questions. Why not? Just. Well, this guy drank only to a beer. Okay, sure. <laughs> this guy's rocking the tie dye, and he's cable access for Vancouver, Washington. Yeah, I, I suppose, but I mean, like, at a certain point, I can imagine after like an hour of it, you just sort of get numbed down. You're just like, all right, just just talk, just fucking talk. And who is this dude sitting beside Andrew here? Oh, that's his lover. 
I don't he, know. He didn't say a word. He was just sitting there nodding yeah. his head the yeah. entire time. Maybe he's like the the Andy Richter of the show. <laughs> I think we should get Andrew Passaggio on our show. Uh, if you can, I would love it. I would fucking love it. Are you kidding me? Well, we're going to plan a trip out west, right? <laughs> well, why can't we get him on the phone first? Oh, well, because he wouldn't have as much control over <laughs> over the conversation if he's on the phone. He'll be on the other side just spewing. He just wants to get his word out. I don't think he cares. Well, right. If he's on the phone, he'll have more control over just continue, like talking through us. Okay, a guy like that, here's the thing. Here's my thinking, right? See if you can follow. A guy like that, he wants to get into detail because he's constructed a whole like fucking thing in his head about how this works. So asking him detailed questions... We'll get detailed answers. Now, when you put it all together, it's not going to make any fucking sense whatsoever because it's bullshit. But he will love getting asked specific right. questions about this shit. Because it's make... more, it, it, it's, it's some sci-fi bullshit created in his head. So it's, it's lots of great stuff for him to, to, to fuck around with. We need to make a fake podcast like called like the Z-Files or the Y-Files. or <laughs> do 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 Whereas, like, damn it. <laughs> Beat him. I put so much stuff on here, now I can't, uh... Yes, we need to feed him that we're, like, crazy conspiracy theorists and get him on the show. And then we could be like... Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Get dokes on them. Uh, all right, I think that's that's a good show. <laughs> oh boy, who th- who would have thought we would have found another crazy to com to commentate on tonight? Uh, anybody who was paying attention to the internet would have thought that. <laughs> all right, thanks everybody. We will talk to you again next time. See ya.